Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode eighteen of Naked Data Science, the number one podcast for people who lead data science projects and teams. In this episode, we talk about thinking in questions. We discussed how this approach can help you communicate your work effectively, especially to non-data scientists. It is easy to get lost in finding your path to a solution, so we talk about how you can avoid that. We also give you three reasons why you should always ask more questions when you hear a question, and how to think like a detective. Enjoy. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Naked Data Science. This is How, and I am Nima. All right, Nima. What are we going to talk about in this episode? Today, we want to talk about questions, the role that questions play in your work. How important they can be in doing good data science, but also good problem solving. It's easy to see the application and importance of questions outside data science. For instance, in a lot of scientific stories and a lot of technological achievements and breakthroughs, the deciding factor is a very good question. At least the factor that initiates a very good effort is typically a very brilliant question that looks at the problem from a different angle, that focuses your efforts on the most important things, which might have been hidden before. A lot of times, really interesting insights come from asking a question that nobody asked before, or answering a question that was out there but nobody took the effort to answer before. In that sense, I think thinking in questions and putting emphasis on the questions that you ask, or even framing your work in terms of the question that you ask, can be very effective. I have seen many times that we are in a situation where the team got stuck. Have difficulty finding the direction towards a solution, and you always manage to ask some really thoughtful questions, and then help to move the whole team forward. <laughs> yeah, in my case, I think you must have missed all the bad days. But that aside, I do believe in the power of questions. One of the more critical things in doing good data science and doing effective problem solving is typically finding those most important questions. You can even frame our work a lot of times as one way or another answering some questions. Your search and understanding a problem and finding some solution towards it can be as well framed in terms of answering a series of questions. The analysis that you do can be framed in terms of traversing or walking through a tree of questions that branches into other questions and deeper questions, and some of these branches, in the end, give you the required knowledge, but also end up with giving you the right solution towards your problem. We started working together four years ago, right? And before that, I haven't worked with data scientists directly, and I always assumed that this is how all data science work is being done. Is that the case? I think this is one way you can frame your data science work, and at least implicitly, there are always questions around. I'm not sure if it's the ultimate standard practice that everybody organizes all their thinking in terms of questions. One pattern that I've noticed is that we often start with questions, and it's typical that when you're doing research, you phrase your research as some sort of question. It is, however, also easy to get lost in answering the questions. Maybe it's a bit like walking through a video game, especially a well-simulated open-world video game. Yeah, you can go to one room and interact with some objects, and then maybe open a door, and it leads you to another room, and then there's a stairway. 
If you don't have your eye on the goal that you have, you can easily get lost in your adventures, in your pathfinding through the space that you're in. And I think something similar also happens with data science very frequently, that we start often clearly with answering a very specific question. In the process of answering that, you come across some observations, you come across some doors and pathways and hallways, and they also look interesting. And they could also potentially be valuable in your answering of your original question. So naturally, you start looking into them. And I think that's where the danger lies. That's when a lot of vagueness pops up in our work, that we are doing things, they are interesting things, and they look important, but we could have lost sight of the original question that we were going to answer with that work. Thinking clearly about the questions that you want to answer and recalling what was the context and reason for answering those questions, I think could be at least a helpful guiding light in deciding which direction to go and also in keeping track of what you're doing. When we were doing the little project together where you guiding me to get some hands-on data science projects, even it was a quite small scope project, I realized that at a certain point, there are so many branches I can work towards that I can easily spend three, four hours going into different directions without advancing towards answering the original question. So this is the point where I start putting the questions very explicitly in the notebook, in the comments of my code, and that really helped me to gain that focus to be able to come back again and again. You don't do that. I, I've never seen that in your code. So how do you do this mentally? One reason could be that I think intuitively I always organize my work in terms of questions. Even if it's not directly in the code, that's how I structure from the high level everything that I do. And it might be also a good practice to start putting it more in the code and making the code more literate like that. So can you give an example of how you do that? For instance, when you are trying to get familiar with a new data set, when you have a new task, you have a new source of data, a new source of information, one of the first tasks there is to understand the data, is to get a good sense of the data that you have. In those cases, a very useful metaphor there is thinking like a detective. In so many ways, our work can be thought about as gathering information that lets us take a next step, gathering information that gives us insight about how a solution could look like, even what could be pitfalls in potential solutions. We typically start with broader questions. Again, maybe similar to the detective that initially doesn't have a mental model, hasn't formed hypotheses about who's guilty here and who can have the most critical information in mind. You start with just looking around and snooping around. Once you ask the first questions without any bias or directions from people, based on that information, you can start forming hypotheses and start going deeper in your analysis. And this is, I think, similar when you you are working with data a lot, especially in cases where you are getting a first understanding of the data and then solving a specific problem using that data. Initially, you, you get a sense of how things are in your data, the bigger distributions, the outliers, the range of numbers, all the basics. And then 
you start forming hypotheses. That is what I call traversing the tree of questions, starting with broader questions, getting that initial understanding. And based on that, follow-up questions typically present themselves or with your critical thinking, you end up at follow-up questions. And in answering those and making connections between those, you end up with questions that get you hopefully closer to the solution that you're looking for. So how do you decide how much time or whether you are pursuing a certain branch of questions or not? I think this is a very tricky one. To make this decision, I think the most helpful thing is to remember the story of the problem that you're solving. And I think there again, the series of questions that you ask and being on top of the question that you ask is a key. I think it's useful to have a couple of trade-offs in mind. One is how much information do you gain by spending more time here? So the typical decision that you need to make when, for instance, you're working in iterations, how much more do you want to look into a specific solution branch? The other point is to definitely keeping in mind the importance of that branch in your overall tree of questions or in the path that you were on uh, where you face that branch. This is also a case where not paying attention can lead to the typical pitfalls that we talked about. For instance, it's crucial to avoid spending too much time in a branch because there's complexity in that branch, because answering a question in some branch is difficult. And this could very well become your challenge. You could be busy answering a very specific question for a very long time just because answering that question became challenging and you want to solve that challenge. And maybe there could be a bit of bias that because this is difficult, this should be valuable. But it's really important to step back from that branch, to step back from that data and the work that you're doing, and then figure out how important it is knowing this answer. If you're not getting closer to an answer, don't forget your initial estimation of the value of knowing this answer. The best heuristic for making good decisions here, I believe, is having in mind the value and making good estimations of the value of the questions you're answering, and especially not getting fooled by the difficulty or complexity of answering a question, or maybe even the surprise factor or the interestingness of being able to solve a challenge or being able to find a specific pattern in something. I think the keeping in mind how important and how valuable a question is that is something not only very valuable from data science perspective, but a skill that would be really appreciated also from the business perspective. Now, that is linked to one of the general themes you just mentioned, which is the context and the story of the question. We both have seen that even asking the same question even it could be a seemingly straightforward one, like what is the coverage or quality of this data. We can come to very different conclusions and spend different amount of it and get to different meaningful or impactful outcome depends on what context or what is the story of question we kept in mind when we were asking that question, right? Can you give an example there? For example, classification model. So let's imagine that there are 1 million things that need to be classified. And we create a solution. From business side, someone asked the question, what is the coverage and what is the quality? Without any context, the most straightforward way is to just look at all those 1 million items and say, okay, this is the number of coverage and this is the quality. However, 
if you have more context in mind, maybe you realize that actually not all those one million items are equally important. There could be groups of items or subset of it are much more important than others. For ninety percent of them, is not even so realistic to expect anything there. So we'll be happy if we get anything out of ninety percent of them. But then for that ten percent that really are important, we do want to make sure that there is good coverage. I think that's a very fine point, which brings out one issue, which is the real meaning behind the question. Maybe even one step further, the real problem that the question is trying to solve. So it's easy, especially when we are just talking in conversations or even written communication. When we are just mentioning, I need statistics about coverage and quality. These words sound concrete, but in a lot of ways, they are not really pointing to the problem that needs to be solved by answering this question. If you can figure out the real problem that is aimed to be solved by having the answer to this question, you go much closer to actually what people need is not just pure numbers of how many predictions can we make, but how important are the predictions that can be made versus the ones that are out of our scope. That's a very important thing when you're working with questions, especially when questions come from other people, to trace them back to the real problem that they are solving. So a form of getting ultimate clarity on the questions that you're answering. And again, a really good way to do that is by asking further questions and refining your questions maybe into a larger number of questions or more detailed set of questions. Uh, when you are trying to figure out the original intent or the real problem you are trying to solve, you should definitely ask more questions. But keep in mind that you shouldn't ask those questions just to yourself, because、mm -hmm. very unlikely you will get a full picture of the original intent or the real problem by just thinking in your own head. You really need to ask. Questions to the people that are posing those questions. They ask you to look into certain stuff or to come up with a certain metrics. Really ask them why that is important to them. Really ask them this information. How do you intend to use it? What decision is it supposed to support, or what difference does it make? And that can really help you see the bigger context and the real intent of people. I think some of the most fruitful conversations I've seen were where people were clarifying questions, or maybe cases where we were agreeing on what should be delivered in terms of the questions that need to be answered. And of course, there there is more motivation to clarify those questions and to put time in discussing those questions and to agreeing that the work will be framed in terms of answer to those kind of questions. And I think in a similar way. Other types of communication can also really benefit from clarifying the questions, or can be structured in terms of questions that are being answered. A good example is when data scientists have done an analysis on some data and they want to share the results. And even if it's not a pure analysis, and even if we've already come up with a solution to a problem. I think one of the best ways to communicate your findings, the work that you did, the story that happened during doing that work, is through posing and answering a set of questions. There is something really interesting here. One benefit of doing things like that is that it forces you to think clearly again. You're framing your work in terms of a series of questions that you answered by your work. 
if there are distractions in your work, if there are deficiencies in your work, a lot of them would pop up in looking at your work like this. For instance, you realize that you ask a question which is hard to connect to the other questions. Maybe you will find out that you didn't put enough time in answering some questions or that you forgot asking some really other interesting questions about one of the branches that you were looking into and imagining that conversation with other people or maybe any sort of communication that talks in terms of questions I think can bring that very well. And another benefit is also in a smaller scale or maybe in the details of your work. For instance... I think we've all been to presentations where we've seen some form of visualization when the metric that was being used or the access was very difficult to explain. It might take a paragraph to explain what do you see on the y-axis and then maybe two more paragraphs to describe the x-axis. And then once you have this visualization in front of you, it might look very pretty, but you're still asking what question does it answer? This is a good chance to catch cases when you lack clarity in your thinking. And in a constructive, positive way, if you think about framing your visualizations, your metrics, all in terms of clear questions, then you have a very strong, powerful tool for communicating your message clearly and for making sure that others can understand it and can take away something from the work that you did. Then suddenly you might gain 10 or 15 minutes of time in a one-hour meeting not to explain more stuff and probably a lot more impact later by having clear understanding of your work and your audience. Especially framing your work as questions and then presenting your answer to those questions also has the benefit that it naturally invites other people to share their perspective. Depends on how you frame the question, you can even invite many other non-data scientists to do that. And when you do this, the more effective you can do this, the more inviting your questions are. So that just means remove any kind of technical jargons and translate those into everyday English. That can really help you to gain a complete picture of the problem you are solving that in further iterations or in the future not only help you to avoid a lot of work that is not so necessary or, or not so impactful, now you know the better context, but also help you to build the domain knowledge of your work quite quickly. This is something I can really highly recommend. Yeah, I think there were two really important things in what you just mentioned. Asking better critical questions, I think, can be a very big asset in better understanding of your domain. They can also be sometimes the best kind of feedback you can get, even if it's not really intended. And all the magic comes from opening the conversation and starting to think about questions, basically just thinking in questions, thinking in terms of what is important to learn, what is important to know, and being skeptical about more things. For instance, being skeptical about assumptions that we make can be a game changer in how you solve a problem. The second thing that you mentioned, and I think that's also a big topic in itself, is how asking more questions can lead you to the big picture. We talked about going down this tree of questions, going down the branches. And that's one natural way of visualizing your search through the solution space. But I like to think if there is a real hierarchy of questions, for instance, in terms of abstractions, one of the more useful ways you can traverse this tree is to come from the branches up 
So go from more detailed levels of thinking to more abstract understandings of your domain. And this can be achieved a lot of times easily by asking the context of a question. So basically by asking meta questions of why is this important? Who cares about this? Or sometimes where does this come from? Who is going to use this? Basically being curious about your domain and being skeptical about the importance of questions can often lead you, if not force you, to see the bigger picture of things and help you to start seeing the system, not just a sub-problem that you're dealing with, but actually looking further outside it. Once you have done all that, something also very important to keep in mind is that you should listen very carefully how people react to your question. Because when you have done some hard work and when you have spent a lot of time on your project and you present it to people and then you share them your answer to the question, it can be natural to feel attacked when somebody mentions certain things that you haven't considered fully or even some things you considered before. But then when you are in that mindset, how psychology works is that then you start blocking information from other people you retreat back to your version of the story and what you have, and then you try to convince others. Sometimes you should, but then a lot of times what is more valuable is first to keep an open mindset and really listen carefully what they are sharing with you in terms of their perspective. And once you have done that, you will be able to put your work in their perspective. And also sometimes it's totally fine that you haven't considered a perspective at all. You haven't looked into a question at all. Then this is even better because then you find that this could be the next direction I'm looking into. Now you're pointing to the human side of asking and answering questions. Of course, we can think about questions as what we ask ourselves, for instance, in order to organize things or in order to do an investigation into something. But then the game changes a bit when you actually go into human interactions and questions. You pointed out how important it is to be a good listener. I've been on the other side of this a lot as well when I've been the asker of the questions. Especially if you're a lead, I think you're in a very specific position. For instance, whenever I'm discussing work with my team, I tend to forget that they look at me as the lead. Then as that part of the team, I'm very curious to ask questions. As someone who's invested in the problem my team is solving, I tend to come up with a lot of questions. And it took me a while to realize not everyone can see my point of view. Not everyone can know where I'm coming from when I'm asking questions. For instance, a very traditional image that I have to fight against or I end up being measured against is the image of the boss asking the employee questions to verify if they did a good job or not. I typically live in a completely different world, thinking that I'm a problem solver who's looking at the work that some other problem solvers have done, and I'm really curious to know about their work. I'm not even thinking about directing the discussion sometimes, I'm just thinking about the questions that pop in my head. In those situations, it's really important to, of course, acknowledge your curiosity, but be aware that as a lead, asking questions could have different implications and different impressions on the people you work with. I've also came to learn, sometimes with some price, that you really need to have built the trust before 
getting to this level, depending on the questions that you ask. Your team should be 100% clear that you're not asking questions to criticize them. You're not asking questions just to verify their work, but you're asking questions as part of the team. All right, I think we cover a lot already in this episode. So tradition of the show, what would be one key takeaway based on everything we just discussed that our listeners can take action on tomorrow? The one from me would be, if tomorrow somebody comes to you with a question, then ask three times why. Why do you want to know this? And if they give you an answer, then ask again. And if they give you an answer, ask again. I think by doing this, especially if you are not used to doing this in the past, it really brings out different levels of meaning from the original question. And that is something that we highly recommend you to do. Of course, you know, if you really want to drill down to the depth of the intent and question, you usually need to ask a lot more why than three, but then just repeating why seven times, you will sound really weird. So uh, just start with three and see how that goes. From my side, I can suggest if you haven't done this before, for people who are in the middle of a project doing some analysis, or maybe if you've just recently finished the project, try to see if you can tell the story of the work that you've done in terms of a series of questions, or maybe a tree of questions and branches in there. Potentially, this could be helpful in how you communicate your work and let you find a better angle to tell the story of your work. It also could be a nice tool for organizing the knowledge that you gathered during that work. If you capture them in terms of the most important question that you answered and the answers that you found to those questions. All right. I think that's the end of this episode. Thank you very much for listening. See you next time. See you next time. Just one last thing before you go. If you are not a data scientist yet, but want to become one, you should really attend our webinar. We will demystify the transition into data science. We'll show you the most effective way to build your skills, and we'll advise you on the four possible options you can take to go from where you are to landing a data science job in as little as nine months. Find out more at nds.show forward slash webinar. That is nds.show forward slash webinar. All right, that's the end of this episode. Have a nice day. Mm-hmm.